Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. It's Friday night, it's 8 o'clock, when you hear the floating goat, the face-melding metal of my favorite San Francisco band, you know it's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! Tonight's show is super exciting. It's almost octogenarians. We have all comics over 40 that are reaching 80 rapidly. Uh, and they're still relevant, and they're still sexy, and they still know what qua- Quaaludes tasted like in the 80s. Oh, just chilling out by the milkshake lake and the Quaalude tree, just dancing dreams of, of Coke friends and uh, no AIDS. Yay, they remember the 70s. How much fun was that? Uh, hey, everybody, I'm very excited for our show tonight. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're going to get started in just a minute, but please enjoy the face-melting metal of Floating Goat. Yay! Friday night, I'm so excited. Uh, oh, hey, Marty Cunny, very nice with his special jacket and the stuff. I gotta pass out the bribery very soon for all of the. That's right, that's right. See, the way that you get comics to hang out is with weed food. Is there any other that's <laughs> currency? That's that's how that's how life works. Is you just well, no, my grandma actually told me when I was 12, we used to bake together, and she'd be uh, Pamela. Oh, someday you're gonna make a man so happy. You have those wide childbearing hips and you know how to cook <laughs> so it's good just got to feed the belly with weed food once you learn how to put the marijuana in the food then you just you have them all the time it's so great uh hey emily it's great to see you yay uh i'm i'm a, i'm getting better with age i used to be a psychopath <laughs> anybody else <laughs> in there early okay so when i was 19 let me tell you the most psychopathic thing i ever did uh i thought it was cute uh, that I I liked my new uh, boyfriend type person. We weren't really boyfriend. We hadn't even it sucked his dick. We didn't even we made out. Uh, we hadn't had sex yet or anything. And I uh, I I broke into his house, <laughs> and I brought with me the ingredients to make cookies. So I had flour and things and stuff. And so I made cookies in his house, and then I cleaned up, and then I left a plate of warm cookies. And then I left. I didn't even note her anything. <laughs> so he comes home and his roommates are like, cookies are fucking good. Who ate cookies today? Everyone's like, who made the fucking cookies? And I'm like, <laughs> So then when they found out that I made the cookies, they're like, you're a stalker weirdo. What is wrong with you? I was like, it's romantic. I broke into your house and I made cookies and I cleaned them after myself. I watched like 16 Candles so many times and there's like... 
14 break-ins in that movie. Isn't that what's sexy about it? It's like, you break into someone's house and you steal something and that way they know that you like them. Isn't that, thanks John Hughes. Like you really helped me out in the 80s, great. Kids now, they don't even know those movies. They don't even know who John Hughes is. They're like, say anything. They're like, say what? Like, we say anything we want. We don't fucking give a shit. We tweet, tweet, twat, whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 there's a movie called Say Anything and it like should shape you as a person. No, okay. Like John Cusack and they're like, who? And I'm like, he's wet in every movie? No, he's not. You don't love, he's always in the rain. Why is he always in the rain? First movie's like, I'm gonna be in the rain. I think it's in his writer now. Like where he's like, there needs to be one scene where I am in the rain. <laughs> Cause I am John Cusack and that's like my thing <laughs> or whatever, I don't know. People, you get your thing, I guess, when you get older, you figure it out, you get a thing. I don't know, I don't have a thing yet. Uh, I, I can't, okay, so I just can't have a thing because all I keep thinking about is all the crazy things. There's so much happening in the world. There's so many problems. I can't deal with them. There's so many. We could all like just easily on one hand just name all of these problems. We're like, ah, oh, there's 7,500 homeless people in San Francisco. Ah, and they're pooping everywhere. Ah, and, and then there's the people with the money and they have no soul. And oh no, and the opiate addiction, everyone's dying. And there's only one in and out in San Francisco and it's at the wharf and it isn't even a drive through Like... <laughs> It's for who, the tourists? So like, is it the list? like we can't even have our own in and out. There's one thing in that huge litany of problems that are unsolvable and the one solvable thing is in and out. We can come together. There are 11 fucking districts in San Francisco. Every district should have an in and out. What will this do? This will make us happy? <laughs> can you imagine the smiles on people's faces walking down, children with sticker books like, I love in and out I love, I love in and out These people are old. They know what an old burger joint was like, right? When it was like 25 cents for a hamburger and you'd like, people would roll up on roller skates and they'd be like, oh, this is, it's not misogynistic at all that I'm wearing a tiny skirt and roller skates, yay! It's, like, it's empowering, I have my first job. Yeah, I'm in high school. Was anybody, did anybody serve, was any of the old people here, did they ever roller derby service cars? No, I am being so like ageist right now, car hopping. That's what it is. Wow, yeah. Well, you know who would be the car hop in this room? It'd be Matthew Quirk, because he's the only one I know who roller skates on a regular basis. He's keeping the 70s alive every fucking day. Matthew Quirk, yeah. Seriously, keep it. These kids these days, they have no idea. I'm on the bus, right? I'm 43. We're doing this litany today. The, the lineage will go from the youngest to the oldest on our lineup tonight. And I am the youngest at 43. Uh, and I had to school some kids on the bus the other day. I was on the 22, we're at 16th Street, very full bus, four junior high age, maybe younger children sitting in the front in the old people slash handicapped seats, and I'm sitting down sort of with them, and a lady gets on the bus uh, who's definitely older than me, and she has a cane, and I get up, and none of these fucking little assholes even blink an eye. They don't even look up. They don't even, nothing happens. So I get up, and I say, ma'am, would you like a seat? And then I turn to the children, and I say, hey, guys, just so you know, uh, when a person with a cane comes in, you get up because your young legs are so capable of standing. And they're, like, looking at me, like, what? And the lady's laughing. She's like, ha, ah. And I say, it takes a village. And I wink at her, and then she's laughing, and then the people behind me are laughing, and I'm like, little public shame for the kids, everyone. This is how we do it, you see? I was like, have some manners, kids. It's called, it's called manners. It's all it is. Get up for the old, have some fucking respect. Ugh. 
They were there before cell phones. What? Like, I lived before cell phones. They're like, how do you not have a smartphone? You're not a real person, Nanny Pammy. (laughs) Nanny Pammy, if you ever got a smartphone and you became a real person, would you get the Musical.ly app? (laughs) No, Daria. No, I would not. Uh, Nobody wants to see me lip sync in slow motion uh, to someone else's song unless I'm showing a nip. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) I'm like, how do you have 77 followers? What are you not even showing? Like, I know she has that one pair of shorts that says juicy on the butt, but is that what they're really looking for? And she's like, I got a new follower today, Nanny Pammy. I'm like, who is he? I don't know. (laughs) Sweetheart, someone has subscribed to watch you lip sync in slow motion to Taylor Swift. (laughs) They are not doing it for the reasons you think they are. (laughs) That is... Oh, the future! Yay! I heard this day I was waiting for the bus. Hey, man, do you have my Snapchat? <laughs> I don't even know what Snapchat is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm only 43 and I don't know what Snapchat is. I have no idea what's going to happen with the rest of the people tonight. Woo! Because I am just, I'm like, oh, technology, I hate you. Why do we have to? I can't wait for the solar flare because I know how to denature protein with heat. So I'm going to be fine in the apocalypse. Everyone else is going to die. I'm going to build a house out of your discarded iPhones. Like, I feel like they'll have some, like, good, like, I can glue them together with, like, shit, you know? I can, like, poop and mix that with dirt and I can put the iPhones together and make a house, right? (laughs) At least an oven to bake you know, bread, and I'm going to get the yeasts from my vagina in the sky. You know, it's going to be great in the future if I can live long enough. Dear Lord, let me survive the apocalypse. Uh, Hey, everybody. We're going to have a great night tonight. I'm excited. Before we start this show, we sing a song. If you know how it goes, please sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Comedy. Together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 high. <coughs> more vaporizers, more. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! I'm so excited. Uh, before we get started, uh, we, we did do a little smoking joke uh, here, but if, if anybody is adverse to smoking marijuana inside, they can say that they are adverse to that and we don't have to, but if everybody's okay with it, then we can all smoke marijuana. Does anyone have, well, I, it's like, well, I'm just, but if we all like agree as adults, it's fine. But if anyone has a problem, I don't, no, no. So we have, no, are you, no, seriously, if anybody has a problem with it, honestly, I don't want to hurt anybody, but if people like it, we can also do that. Is everybody okay with that? Are we getting stuff, stuff, stuff? Okay, yay, all right. Okay, so we're gonna go in order of age tonight, and you're first comedian on the bill. I think that you're the, I have no idea how old you are at this point. I'm convinced that she eats baby blood um, to keep herself, I seriously thought that she, I was way older than you, and now I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm gonna, are you 49? No. No. Lower, okay. 40. Four. Forty-five. Forty-four. Forty-five. Forty-six. Seven. Forty-seven. There we are. You're a nice comedian. She's almost 40, everybody. She's 47. Put your hands together for Evelyn Erie Diamond. Yay! Oh, my cracky. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that there should be a point in your life where you hit, where you get to say things like bike cracky. You need to call people whippersnappers. <laughs> you all need to get off my lawn. Which, just kidding, I don't have any more lawn. You know what I mean? Nobody has a lawn anymore. Although, oh my God, I was at the gym and these older ladies, I don't, I'm not going to say how, they were like older than me, so they were older, okay? And they had full bush. Like, it was crazy. It's all on their legs and stuff. It must be warm when you're giving them, oh, never mind. Um, I don't know. Is that what they meant by earmuffs, you think? Back in the 70s? What was I talking about? Okay, so um, in case you guys are wondering, yes, I am 47 years old. Um, I was born in 1970. I know what a cassette tape is. I know what a princess phone is. Yes, I do. I owned a Walkman. All right. Raise your hand if you've ever had to be the one that has to walk up to the television to change the channel because your dad is too fucking lazy. Yes, yes, it is true, it is true. All of these things, you guys, all of these things and more. When I was a kid, uh, I had this uncle, who's this guy who was always really drunk, and he told me that uh, the tooth fairy sneaks into kids' rooms at night and he takes the tooth out from under the pillow and then he puts money in and then he teabags you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. And now that I'm older and I know what that means, that's fucking hilarious, right? That's awesome. (laughs) If you were the tooth fairy, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't you guys do that, right? I would totally do that. If I had balls, I would totally do that. (laughs) So, I don't know, I've never teabagged anybody. Anybody in this side of the room teabagged anybody? Anybody? All right, of course. Of course. <laughs> Teabagger. Well, you know, it's different. Um, I, uh, I enjoy drinking. It's gotten worse over the years. Um, I'm also pretty sure I'm a werewolf. Yeah, yeah, this is how I know. Um, when I do go out drinking, there's a point in the night where I black out. And I, I assume that's when I'm changing. So, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, when I wake up, I don't know where I am. I don't know how I got there. So I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, hey, Erie, if it only happens when you drink, maybe you're not a werewolf. Maybe you're the Hulk. Totally thought of that. (laughs) No, I totally thought about that. But like, here's the thing. Hulk always wakes up with pants on. So (laughs) that can't be it. That's not it. I, I was thinking too, um, can you imagine like what if his junk doesn't get big when he gets big, right? What if it's small the whole time, right? Like I was thinking like I'm sure he knows. I'm sure he's been like, uh, oh, Hulk mad, Hulk smash. Oh, Hulk pee. Oh, Hulk sad and then vroom, goes right back to David Banner, you know? Oh, who, who watched the Hulk on television? All right, all right, here's another one. Who remembers the Love Boat Fantasy Island combination on television? I just took you there, I did. 
I did, when it was okay to objectify everybody. That's what, that's what it was. I, uh, sorry, I'm watching, I'm looking at my notes because I'm old and I don't remember anything. So, I also drink, which you guys already know. Who's made a bucket list? Anybody made a bucket list? Yeah, I made a bucket list? All right, cool, what's on your bucket list? Just name one thing that's on your bucket list. Go to crap? Okay, I heard G's and what sounded like goat. So I'm not sure exactly what. So I have the usual stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a weird one, but okay, whatever you wanna do. I, um, I, I made a bucket list. There's a few th normal things that everybody has on there. Um, you know, jump out of a plane, sleep with a black guy. Um, right? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you could do a combo thing there. A black guy named Giza. A black guy named Giza, or maybe go see the pyramids and fuck a black guy while you're there. It's, you know, it's in Africa, right? Okay. And I... No, I'm just kidding. I also, um, also, yeah, I'm sure some of you guys have this on your list. Uh, I want to uh, own a racehorse. <laughs> own a racehorse. Um, okay, so I already figured out his name. This is what I'm going to name him. Okay, if I own a racehorse, I'm going to name him a dead horse. Mm -hmm. Okay? Stay with me. <laughs> okay. Now, think about it. If he is a loser, right? then the announcer is always gonna be like, wow, everybody just keeps beating a dead horse. <laughs> Terrific. I want the whole crowd to do that though. I want like thousands of people to do that. <laughs> I wanna have the worst racehorse, but to get into the best races, that's what I want. It's kinda like, I don't know. I, yeah, tell me. Check, check. Girl, if you put that on Facebook, a racehorse is going to be all. Dunk, dunk, dunk. <laughs> Do you have something on your bucket list? <laughs> Pam, there's a serial killer over there. Like, right over. I'm gesturing to him now. But you can't just, you're not a witch. You can't just wish for that. It's not gonna happen necessarily. Oh. Sorry. First thing on my bucket list, learn to kill people with my thoughts. That's, <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. I, um, I was walking down the street the other day and um, this guy did this to me, he did this. Yeah, yeah. And man, you know, I used to get really offended. Oh, old school. Yeah, I know you're right. You're right. And we are on the radio. So what I did was I did a tongue in the cheek, kind of dick in your mouth kind of gesture. It's for the audience that's out there listening. I, 
And I was thinking, you know, I used to get offended by stuff like that, but now that I'm older, I just started thinking like, who gives a sideways blowjob, you know? <laughs> I just, and, and then I like, well, I, I specifically turned around to walk back to the guy to ask him, right? And then, um, and then as I was walking up to him, I, it occurred to me like, oh, if you want to watch TV while you're doing it, that's... <laughs> Right? So you don't miss your show, right? We can all have fun in this. It's not like I don't know. I don't I don't I I honestly don't like when guys stare at me or make comments though. It does kind of bother me a little bit, you know? I mean, it's gotten to the point now. I won't even masturbate in public anymore. No, I won't do it. I'm like, why are you watching me watch the puppet show, okay? That's why we're here. You know, excuse me, my eyes are up here. No, I do get annoyed though, I will say, when guys ask you to smile. I. This, it just fucking pisses me, right? Have you gotten this? Why don't you smile? You look so pretty if you smiled. You look pretty if you smiled. You should smile, you should smile. I'm so irritated by it that now, I just walk around with a butcher knife like this. (laughs) It's completely stopped. It's amazing. I don't know why, I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I will say that um, there was one guy, one guy said it, he said, uh, hey, girl, why don't you smile? And I just turned around. And I said, you know what? Opinions are like stab wounds. And he took off. <laughs> I didn't even get to finish the saying, you know? It was, like, weird. Not exactly sure why. I, um, I did get hit on by this older guy, this much older guy, like, way older, older than any of you guys. And... Um, I was on the bus and he was, this guy, he kind of looked like Morgan Freeman, right? But like in a fedora with like a linen suit, right? Sharp, sharp, right? So we're on the bus, we're on the bus. This black guy and he, he, he leans over to me and he goes, uh, you know, I can tell you've been hurt before. Right? Smooth, right? And I started laughing and I was like, um, has that worked ever? <laughs> and this is what he said to me. I'm not kidding you. Smoothest man. I've, this is what he said to me. He goes, uh, you know, actually, that has worked more times than Vandekamp's has pork and beans. And Vandekamp's has some motherfucking pork and beans. <laughs> I was like, they do. Seen him at the Safeway. So many pork and beans. It's crazy. So I fucked him. That's good. Uh, you know, and then don't judge me about that. Okay, don't judge me. I have a judgy friend, and um, she uh, she's really ju- she's one of those people who she thinks it's gross because I don't always put the 
paper toilet seat thing down when on the paper on the toilet seat when I go to public restroom, you know? She's like, that's disgusting. Same girl. Same girl. I could take her to a club. She'll meet a guy. Half an hour later, she'll blow him in the bathroom. You men can clap for that. Usually guys are really happy about that. Yeah. They like that kind of lady. Uh, by the way, she's had the clap like three times. Actually nicknamed her applause. So for fun, you know, she's my friend. And um, I honestly, I'm not exactly sure. I think she puts the toilet seat cover around the base of the penis is what I'm thinking, you know? And I don't really know what that protects her from, except for maybe pubes, I guess. All right, I'm Mary Diamond. Thank you very much. Diamond. I'm wiping tears out of my eyes because I was laughing so hard. It was awesome. I was walking down the street the other day and a guy hit on me uh, similarly uh, to you, but he said he said something actually really nice. Uh, he said, girl, you've been in living a long time to look 22. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, is that cat calling or complimenting? I'm having a difficult time. Like, it's really edgy right now. I'm like, I don't know. That was kind of like a really good compliment. It was very clever. And like, he didn't like follow me or scare me in any way. It was just like the right volume. I was like, I think that's a, I think that's a compliment. But I don't, I don't know how life works. Uh, your next comedian. Also, I don't understand. I'm high all the time. I am the worst judge of time. I'm like, time? Ha, 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 ha. I'm on the bus all the time. There is no time. Municorns here and there, talking to old people. Captain in the back with his hat on. You talk to that guy on the 27? I'm telling you, he's a badass. He's a captain's hat. Sits in the back. Just talk to him. He's a nice guy. He's really old. <laughs> tell you stories. <laughs> Anyways, this next comedian is going to tell you stories. I wish you would have ridden your roller skates to really just de demarcate your time period. Uh, but he is 50. And he is uh, approaching octogenarianism in 30 years. But you guys are going to love him right now. Everybody, Matthew Quirk. Yeah. Uh, you know, your floor sucked enough on its own to skate on. But now that there's a rug, a fucking rug on there. Uh, so anyway, Evelyn, I'd love to meet your friend sometime. Be, I'm available. Uh, and if I may speak for small penis hulks, um, I think we can all agree with Hulk and a small penis, it's the motion of the ocean, right? At least, I mean, minimally, he's the fucking Hulk. He's the Hulk, for Christ's sake. Anyway. <clears throat> so, uh, anybody here who uh, isn't Gen X? Anyone? Any millennials here? I'm looking at the yeah. two young. <laughs> some kid in the some kid in the back. Wash your hands is all I can say. Good. I'm speaking to my people here because we're coming up on a year now since Trump was elected president, and we're just looking fucking Armageddon straight in the face, and I blame every fucking millennial out there straight up square up it's their fucking fault i mean i guess like the i voted sticker wasn't enough of a participation trophy for them 
to get off Tinder long enough to go to the fucking voting booth, you know? I mean, is it our fault we didn't spend enough time convincing them that voting was like artisanal handcrafted revolution or something? Is it our fault? And, you know, now we've swiped all the way right. I mean, thank you, thank you. You got to stay current as we move along, you know. But, I mean, it's just, I can't help but be disappointed by them. It just shows how they won't show up for a fucking fight. And that was particularly obvious in that Nazi rally that we had I mean, the millennial Nazis, what a bunch of fucking wimps. I mean, they didn't even show up to San Francisco. I mean, they were like afraid of some gay eye rolls and glitter and glitter bombs. And that was enough to keep them. You know who's really disappointed in those guys? All the surviving Nazis. They're like, hey, lose our number. Like... What the fuck? We marched on Russia in the winter. We weren't afraid of San Francisco. What? I mean, mean, the real Nazis showed up to the rally on time, well-dressed, right? And and if I may say, as uh, emblems go, the swastika is very slimming. It's very, very slimming. You could hardly see the beer belly behind that thing. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I should have known we couldn't rely on those fuckers, right? They're deathly allergic to peanut butter and bread, right? I mean, when I think about the fucking coming hordes in Armageddon, I'll just make a few sandwiches and fight them all off and survive to help rebuild society in the near future. But they're just, I mean, they're so obviously delusional with everything, like with their diets, like a paleo diet. Like, I'm paleo. Why am I not losing weight? I'm paleo. Because nothing about you is fucking paleo. You know what is paleo? Shivering. Shivering is very paleo. Why don't you try shivering a little bit? Works your core. Gets those hard-to-reach muscles, right? That's why they were so ripped. They were shivering all the time. And the fucking, you know, everything. Their stupid workouts, their new fucking workouts, they're crushing, they're fucking big for nothing CrossFit. I mean, you guys remember when we were kids, right? We had this thing that took the place of CrossFit. They were called chores. (laughs) We did chores. We stayed fit. I mean, they do this, still. I got like, they have these tire workouts where they like flip a tire and they carry a tire and they like hoist a tire. And it's like, they're not just fucking, I mean, they're stupid too. I mean, you roll a tire. I mean, all these years of civilization and they're still fucking knuckleheads. Yeah, CrossFit, it's just like, the only reason to do CrossFit is to just do more CrossFit. And that's cocaine, right? That's cocaine. Cocaine went to rehab and came out. It was a fitness routine. Now we have CrossFit take its place. Yeah, they even did a movie about themselves. 
they call themselves the fittest people on earth in this movie. And like, I just got to say, how do you call yourself the best at anything if you're not competing against any black or brown people? I mean, it's this completely white event. It was more like burning CrossFit. So someone once asked me, they're like, after you do that bit, aren't you afraid a CrossFit person is going to fucking beat you up or something? And I'm like, fuck no, man. I'll slap the water bottle out of their hand. They'll get all dehydrated and fold like a cheap suit. I mean, plus they're from this nerfed out existence, right? Where, you know, they're like afraid of concussions, even like mini concussions and micro concussions. Like, they didn't have concussions when we were growing up, right? It was called getting your bell rung. And it was good for you. It built character. It's why I have all this character up here. A lifetime of mini, micro, and major concussions shaped me into the man I am. Yeah, and I got it fucking too easy with weed. I mean, I, I don't know if I have proof of evolution, but I have proof of de-evolution through cannabis. I mean, anybody here, we all remember 1987, right? the year America ran out of weed, right? When we grew up, there was like weed or no weed. That was it. Now there's like, which club has the shattered dab, honey drip goo, which has the special on vape pens and red Congolese and like, they don't know how to fucking hoard their roaches and save them till Sunday because they're special, right? I mean, we were homo sapiens, right? Looking each other in the eye as we passed the joint around. And now there are all these homo sativas and homo indicas are vape penning their DNA into a little mishmash. And they're all just walking headlong into traffic because they're fucking lost on a nav app because they've lost the ability to find their friends in a park. They're like, it's pathetic. All, all Pokemon go walk off a cliff. Like they're just lemminging out there. And they just like, they just don't even look before they cross the street. They're all lost in that app. And it's like, we can't run them over, right? We're not supposed to. And you know they're fucking, right? They're just making more further diluting the gene pool. It's terrible. But we, we can look forward to some stuff. I mean, now that they've discontinued hypoallergenic soap, they're due for a mortality spike, right? Once they touch dirt for the first time, right? That's gonna happen for sure. They just got it too. And in some sort of irony, they've taken away the softest thing in the world, pussy hair, right? They got a whole new life experience with that shit. They're just like living in the Iraq war, right? It's just like scorched earth down there, right? <laughs> Nothing between you and Baghdad, right? No mystery. But when we were growing up, it was 
bush down there, right? Serious jungle. Like, you're down there looking out for Charlie and shit. Like, <laughs> like not sure which way is north. Like, <laughs> am I going the right way? Yes, keep going, keep going. Right, we were like in Vietnam. The orgasm was a myth still. The G-spot hadn't been invented yet. And the clitoris was like the Mayan city of gold swallowed up by the jungle, right? And we didn't have Google Maps or the vagina monologues to fucking help us out. We just had to learn by doing. How am I on time here? I feel like I've been up here. Oh, that's got to be a minute. Shit, I don't know if I have any more. I get winded bitching at the millennials <laughs> at this age. But I think I've made my opinions clear. All right, let's just make some room for the more. They may need time getting up to the stage, the rest of my community <laughs> friends. All right, thank you, Peter. Matthew Quirk, everybody. Excellent. Yes, those evil children here. Yes, with all their money. Ha ha. Your next comedian, she used to be a teacher of children. She used to like be intimate with those little jam hands motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> always sticky. Why are they always sticky? <laughs> right? You're like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, but blood gets sticky after a while. That's true. The girls stick their hands down their pants. Teacher, what's this? <laughs> like, you just had your period. Fuck, junior high is the worst. <laughs> Okay, your next comedian's so funny. You guys are going to love her. Everybody, Lauren Kraut! Yeah! Thank you. That was weird music. Leftover <laughs> from Halloween. Okay, this goes over here. Where are my pot smokers at? Yeah. Whoa! Don't you love how comedians say that? Never hear us asking, where are my deadbeat dads? <laughs> where are my pedophiles at? <laughs> Who voted for Trump? <laughs> so yeah, I smoked some weed in my 20s. I didn't do a ton of drugs, but I did, I did coke. I did a lot of coke. <laughs> I did pot. I did, what was it? Oh yeah, crack. Thank you. I only did it once though, don't judge me. But I don't smoke pot so much anymore. Until I, yeah I did. Until I went to Seattle last year and my roommate had some. This was good weed, this was like crack. I would know. Where you inhale and you're high on the exhale. That's all right, I'm not just some old lady. I'm an old lady with poor judgment. <laughs> she gave me something to take home. I went out and bought a pipe, those little mesh screens you put in the pipe, and a lighter. The sales lady asked was I was buying the pipe for medical or recreational use. I was too embarrassed to say, lady, I get high because it makes me forget. I'm bad at math. I had trouble making correct change and I work as a cashier. <laughs> oh, it's medicinal. 
I tell you, there's nothing worse than a 60-year-old hippie getting reacquainted with pot. <laughs> I'm getting high after breakfast. I get high three, four, nine times a day. <laughs> I can't remember. I told my therapist about it because I was worried I was becoming addicted. She didn't think it was cause for concern. You're not hurting anyone, I wouldn't worry. Is it interfering with your comedy? No. Is it impeding your work? No. You're not high now, are you? Uh, would that be a problem? <laughs> I'm an addictive personality. I'm OCD. It says that in the name. This person is obsessive, watch out. I should come with a warning label. Full disclosure, I wrote this joke stoned. <laughs> I edited it stoned. And I'm stoned right now. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's cause for concern. Sound the alarm, that old hippie dyke is out buying a bowl of good weed. <laughs> Somebody stop her before she hijacks a cable car and eats up Daily City. That's a munchie joke. You ever get high and zone out on your mother's name? Evelyn, who are you and why did you procreate? You evil sorcerer trying to take over the world with your neurotic, Jewish, anorexic, clinically depressed, slightly suicidal excuse for a daughter? How is that supposed to help? Oh wait, that's me. <laughs> you ever get high and think, is it angel food cake? or angel food cake. <laughs> and why not just angel cake? <laughs> we don't say pumpkin food pie, do we? <laughs> These are very important questions to ask. You ever get high and think, a person could get tragically lost in her own thoughts? You ever get high and say, this shit is funny, I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> and then you find it later and wonder when the cat learned to scribble. <laughs> yeah, I like to write when I'm stoned. I go to different places. One of them, self-confidence land, is so rare and unexpected, I hyperventilate whenever I'm there. <sighs> I actually feel good about myself right now. Oh God, I can't breathe. And it appears that I'm headed to Witty and Cleverville, though sometimes the signs point in that direction, but I, when I get there, I find a black hole with a note saying, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and on that, I'm gonna have a drink. Don't worry, this is, this is uh, just alcohol. <laughs> I got a new day job at uh, Coit Tower. Yeah, calm down, ladies. <laughs> and I have learned an awful lot of things about tourists that maybe you would like to hear about. I don't know. All right, thank you. Um, some folks are as clueless about good parenting as they are about good hygiene. For example, if you wish to keep that small child that you have raised thus far, do not set him or her on an open window ledge 200 feet off the ground. 
unless you really are not all that fond of them and don't mind the mountain of paperwork that's required when one of them unexpectedly lands face down in the courtyard. That's a joke. I also learned that while some people enjoy being up so high and out in the open, others do not. This is true. One man's, one man's treasure is another man's full-blown panic attack. I told you I was afraid of heights, Karen. Now do you believe me? <laughs> that really happened, too. <laughs> and uh, where's the other one? There was another one. Oh, um, <laughs> some people ask the stupidest questions. Uh, has anybody ever tried to scale the building? Has anyone ever jumped off? Do you take Discover Card? Wait for it. Is there a room where my wife can go to breastfeed the baby? <laughs> yes, on the second floor. But there is a $5 uncorking fee for that. <laughs> when I, um, in part of the job is that we, we rotate, so there's somebody up top, so watching that they don't put their kids on the shelf or jump off. And then somebody's out front bringing them in, telling them where to go, and then someone's in the elevator bringing them up and down because you have to take the elevator to go up. So we've developed um, our elevator routines. And when people get in uh, and I'm driving the elevator, I say, uh, who wants to go up? And they all look at me like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have gotten in this small box with that strange woman. <laughs> because she doesn't know that this is a tower and that's why we're here. All right, we'll leave that one down. Oh, I know. I think we find some stuff in the most unlikely places. Like loose change under the seats of the school bus. Ooh, 47 cents, look at that. Rainbows and clouds. Or tolerance at a KKK rally. Very, yeah, you don't find it often there. The other day I found courage at the bottom of a bottle of Jack Daniels. Thank you. Wasn't even looking for it. There it was. I was looking for oblivion. Couldn't find any of that. But courage, false hopes, fake confidences, that shit is a wash in whiskey. Thank you. I also found mediocrity in the most unlikely spot, at the post office. You'd think you'd have to go to the DMV for that. But nope, there it was, plain as day. Bought myself a book of stamps and a gallon of mediocrity. Because you can never have too much, you know? <laughs> All right. I'd like to live my life without fear. Wouldn't you? I'd like to, but it's not always possible. So until that time I say, you know what, fear? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and all your extended family. Fuck you anxiety, fuck you hesitation, eat shit procrastination, <laughs> die embarrassment, just curl up and die. <laughs> it's feelings like you that make this world the miserable, rotten place that it is. Go ahead, ask yourselves. If you weren't afraid or anxious or embarrassed to do something, you know how much you could accomplish? For instance, 
If I was so afraid of having my head chopped off, I might still be a pastry chef. <laughs> if you weren't so afraid of, of, of being, um, if you weren't so hesitant to wear plaid, you might find true love. Can get it out of my mouth. My own mother was deeply, deeply embarrassed to have anybody see her drinking a cold beer on a warm summer night. She'd stand in the hallway and pull down all the window shades so nobody could see her with her beer. I told her, Ma, none of the neighbors cares if you have a cold beer on a warm night, especially in your own house, especially after Mrs. Teasdale rang the doorbell once too often and you shot her. <laughs> Fuck you, embarrassment, have a cold one. She didn't, she didn't really shoot anyone. I just like saying Mrs. Teasdale. <laughs> Thank you. I need some more vodka. I mean water. Water, it's water. How am I doing on time? One more minute, okay. I gotta go then. Um, but first, let's pause for a brief second. Okay, that's enough and reflect on the concept of time. Everyone knows about it. We use it all the time. Thank you. We follow it or not. You're late. I lost track of time. You work for it, part-time, full-time, overtime, all the fucking time. You get it done in next to no time or at your earliest convenience. Fuck you, I'm busy. You took your sweet time. Oh, come on, man, I don't have all the time in the world. First time, next time, this is the last time. You're wasting time. I got time to kill. How much time is it? <sighs> You're out of time, Miss Kraut, at any point in time. But you can't touch it, can you? No, you can't. And we have happy hour, children's hour, darkest hour, hourglass. Minute waltz, minute state, New York minute, in a minute, just a minute, just a second, split second, hold on a second, who's that second, what's on first? I don't know, third base. Well, that's my time, thank you very much. Lauren Crowd, everybody, hooray! Yay! All right, your next comedian, he's older than the last. We're in the... We're in the 60s now, I believe. Uh, getting closer to octogenarianism. Your next comedian, it's so funny and so wonderful to have him every time he's here. Put your hands together for Griffin Daly! This is great, ain't it? Hey, hey, yeah, all these old fogies in here. Oh. No, it's great to see people, you know, it's all, I'm usually the oldest geezer in the room, you know. You know, it's all the young people like you guys, you know. It's great to see, like, you know, old Paul. And, it's great. It's fucking, thank you for coming out, man, you know. You make me feel so young. <laughs> <sighs> oh, this feel good, don't you? All these young comics got these jokes about, like, oh, and I'm getting old because of this, and I'm getting old because of that. No, you know you're getting old when you got this shit hanging off your chin. <laughs> old, old, old. Yeah. You know, old people, old people don't actually take naps. We're just practicing for when we're dead. <laughs> you know, you've got to get ready, right? Rehearsal, it's... Uh, 
So, we are so yeah. Hello, Pam. All right, babe? Yeah. <laughs> 68. Fucking great. I love it. I love it. It's fucking great. I love it. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Old. English. Well, thank you for buying my furniture polish. Yeah, stuff. Make some money on the sly, you know. And um, going deaf. Going deaf. It all slips away from you a bit by bit. You, you'll know this as your time goes by, you know. Mostly in this ear, which is probably why I can't hear these people laughing. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now I'm facing you, I can hear you. So. <sighs> My wife writes, she's a gourmet chef. Because, hey, Griff, lunch is coming. I'm, uh, I'm smoking some herrings. I said, well, I want to smoke some heroin too. <laughs> Don't you? Yes, you do. Pam does. You can't wait to get cancer, can you? <laughs> Fucking morphine. No, it's fun watching my mum dying of cancer. It's true. No, it's just true. About three years ago, right, she's dying of cancer, and they're giving her all this fucking... She's got a morphine drip. She's all shriveled up. Poor old dear, you know. And I'm standing there telling her fucking jokes. <laughs> and you could tell when she got the jokes, she's like... <laughs> squeeze the thing. Oh, squeeze the fucking... Squeeze the morphine, ma. You know, it was great. I can't wait. No, it's all right. Fucking don't worry about it, right? Well, you know, 40 billion years this fucking universe has been here, right? 40 billion years or more, or whatever the fuck. I don't know what they say, you know. But, and I was only born like 68 years ago. I'll be dead in a few weeks, you know. It's like, like, it's, like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. <sighs> Drink up and fucking smoke your dope. That's all you got to do. So I was standing outside there. Stretching me back, right, about an hour ago. Like, oh, this woman comes up out of nowhere, pokes me right in the tummy. Hey! She goes, you, sir, are overweight for your height. <laughs> what the fuck, lady? You don't know how high I am. <laughs> Nobody knows. No, I don't do drugs now. You don't, I don't, you know. I know I look like I'm stoned all the time, but I know that I, I'm just carrying residue from the 80s. <laughs> That's all these motherfuckers remember. <laughs> well, not you. You're too young. Uh, I love, I love, I love being one of these youngsters out. You know, you young people. These guys will get this up. I can feel the energy from you young people. A few of you, you know. Oh, I can seriously feel like the ambition, shit like that, you know. Life, kids, it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> if you're lucky, this is as good as it fucking gets, you know. It is. This is fantastic. All these other cunts are sitting home watching the telly. Fucking useless. At least you guys are out doing something, you know, having fun, right? It's great, isn't it? Oh, but I've got to warn you. Young, a few young people here. I've got to warn you. Look, there's another one back there, right? Well, he doesn't, he's not even here. Only his body's here. But look, the rest of you. Listen. Once you get to 30, 40, you know, you'll, you'll be married. 
Just like the rest of it. That's good though. No, it's a great thing. I love being married. I've had three successful marriages so far. <laughs> but it's good. But you'll be there. Once you get into your 30s, 5, 40 years, you know, one of you starts to lose it first. Either the lady, you, know, you get wrinkly. You get those little crows. Oh, look at Pam, see? No, no not really. <laughs> No, what you do, one of you starts to lose your first, right? You've seen it. All the old man gets all like couch potatoery. Yeah, you know, like 25, handsome young guy, 35, he's like Homer fucking Simpson. Both of them, put the chimney on the have another beer. Right? <laughs> but listen, whichever one of you starts to lose it first, it kind of evens out because the other one, your eyesight starts to go. But don't worry. You're not going blind. It's just Mother Nature trying to save your marriage. <laughs> don't make the same mistake I made the first time. Right? Straining your eyes for two or three years to read the paper with a magnifying glass. You walk in one day, hey, baby, got myself some glasses. Fuck me, it's your mother. <laughs> No, it's you. <laughs> Divorce court. Well, we're shallow, right? You see all these old geezers walking around with young girls. That's why. They don't like wrinkles. See, look, you see, you, you, you've got no wrinkles. It's fucking you're 50, right? 40-something, 50, I don't know, whatever you got. Fucking great looking. You? You, you've, got no, you've got no wrinkles. What? Huh? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Hair still red. <coughs> no, that's good. I want to show you something. This is how you can handle it once you get older, right? Dude back there, watch. No, you can't see this. No. This is this is how you handle it, right? You all these old folks know this, but you you don't you see. Just watch what I'm doing. Right? There's old geezer in the restaurant ordering dinner with the wife. She's over there. Oh, yes, have a look here, baby. Yeah, yeah, this looks good, yeah. Man. Ready to order, sweetie? <laughs> okay, wait there, um. I'll have the steak and fries, medium well, please. What about you, love? <laughs> okay, hold on. There's something to drink. Okay, uh, grab a bottle of the Rodney Strong Cabernet, buddy. Okay with you, baby? Oh, you're looking wonderful tonight. How'd you do it? See, you've seen us do it. Now you know why. <laughs> All I'm saying, young people, for a long and happy marriage, keep it blurry. <laughs> oh, just got back from old London town last week. Fucking, who likes London? Who's been there? It's great, right? You like it, right? You've been there? Yeah. Here's a little song to remind you. Look, this is a little song that reminds you of old London town, right? Oh, the new Bay Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. A new Bay Bridge is falling down. Guess who's paying? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. But a big party, right? Big party. All my old buddies and everyone, you know, fucking great. Steaming drunk about midnight. In walks my ex-wife. <gasps> the first one. Oh, Griffin Taylor, <laughs> oh, it's been 30 years. 
Oh, Griff, let me look at you. Oh, how handsome you used to be. <laughs> what? I didn't retaliate, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to get on, be like less offensive to the ladies, like get on board with all this feminism and shit you girls are into, you know. <laughs> so I didn't say nothing, right? She goes, come on, Griff. She said, um, you remember how in love we were? I used to think you were like a movie star. I said, what about now? She said, more like a moving violation. <laughs> well, I'll be the better person. I said, your hair looks great like that. She said, yes, these days I often put my hair back. I said, what, back in the box? <laughs> I couldn't hold out any longer, you know. And she starts getting really fucking spiteful, you know. You know that spiteful look girls get? <laughs> all the old anger and hatred from years ago is all coming out, you know. You used to be good at guessing games, Griff. See if you can get this one. Guess which one of the kids is yours. <laughs> <laughs> like I give a fuck. <laughs> uh, well, it was, it was from the fucking swinging 70s, you know. <laughs> everyone was fucking around. Absolutely everyone. We were just shagging around. Every, it doesn't matter, you know. Oh. Wife swapping dates on Saturday night. Fucking oh god! Who's never knew whose bedroom you're going to wake up in? You know. <sighs> no, I had six kids on that block, just not the ones I paid for. <laughs> what do you call it? The sexual revolution, right? Sexual revolution. <laughs> 1968 to 1988. If you were born during those years, you don't know who your daddy is. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know, kids. Uh, dear. 1984. My first night in America. Walking to this bar. There's two beautiful Chinese. Nobody else in there. Two Chinese girls. Straight away, they start making fun of me. The way I was dressed, I suppose, you know. She goes, away. Personal question? I said, sure. She goes, um, sexual orientation? I said, oh, I love having sex with Orientals. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, we prefer Asians. I said, so do I. That's what I just said. <laughs> she goes, no. We don't like being called Orientals. It's offensive. We prefer to be called Asians. I said, okay. I said, well, can I buy you girls a drink? She said, we prefer ladies. I said, so do I. That's why I'm buying you a fucking drink. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> oh. Look, look, you know, they were fucking looking me up and down. I knew I was going to get rejected, but, you know, it's just like, I said, I know why you don't like me. Sitting there talking about me, because they had dyed blonde hair, right? I said, it's just genuine blondes find me attractive, you know. Goes, what this is real? I said, yeah, law real. <laughs> and she starts getting interested. She's like making her laugh. See, 
She says, um, what are you anyway, English or something? I said, yeah, can I be your boyfriend? She says, no, but you can be my butler. <laughs> she was hot. I mean, fucking seriously hot. Not like his usual skinny Chinese girls with flat asses and shit. This girl's like second, third generation, you know, cheeseburgers and fucking pizzas and stuff. You know, she's built like you girls, you know. Oh, they're fucking lovely. Oh, I love that. Nice round, nice round ass and everything, you know. Short skirt, cleavage going on. I said, what do you do anyway? She said, um... I'm a teacher at an all-boys boarding school. I said, what the fuck do you teach? Self-control? <laughs> well, you imagine all those desks getting slapped underneath there, you know? <laughs> Fucking hell. Ah, she took me home, though, you know, it was great. That's what I love about you California girls. You're feisty ladies, feisty. Easy, but feisty. No, it's true, all of you. I've got to go. Here's Pam. Griffin Daly. Misogyny with an accent always makes it more palatable. Yay! I'm like, it's just so... It's so endearing. I love it. I'm like, keep talking with your weird... We're all speaking English, but yours is all special. I don't... Uh, yeah, your next comedian... You guys all get to be involved. Yeah! Passing out the signs. Your next comedian has a thing that he does with signs. So you put them up, because that's how this works. Uh, every, wouldn't that be funny if someone brought their own cards to show? And <laughs> That'd be very funny. Your next comedian. No, that would, it'd be so funny if someone actually made fake Paul Sanford cards and went to one of his shows somewhere that was important and like went in the audience and fucked with him and put up things like cunt face. And he's like, cunt face? I don't remember writing that one. And he's like, and then he kept saying it or something. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get focus. Your next comedian, you've got the signs. We've got the time. It's going to be fun. Everybody, put your hands together for Paul Sanford. They're holding, for the, those of you at home, they're holding cards. The cards have prompt. That's my set list. All right. Here we go. Junk. The guy says to me, don't look at my junk. I say, sir, we're in the locker room. You're completely naked. I can see that your junk is all in the locker, and I'm not interested in your junk. It's too small for me. <laughs> These are the jokes, folks. <laughs> Sexual Special Olympics. Everybody gets to come. <laughs> suicide jokes. I hate suicide jokes. If somebody's going to tell a suicide joke, they should know what they're talking about. They should try it once or twice. <laughs> breast milk. It's all breast milk. And, you know, what's the big deal about breast milk? Except how do they tell the female soybeans from the male? White women. You got to sneak the laughs in. See, you got to sneak the laughs in. Because white women. I have slept with white women. In fact, in my whole life, I've only slept with white women. And don't give me a merit badge or anything. You see, the reason I've slept with only white women 
I was in a show once and this young black woman, she said, oh, you shouldn't deprive yourself. I said, you volunteer? He said, hell no, not me! And so she said, I said, the reason I have only slept with white women is because they will let you sleep. <laughs> lesbian grandmothers, there are a bunch of lesbian grandmothers at my church. Now, they ask, people say, lesbian grandmothers, that doesn't make sense. Well, it does because when they became mothers, they didn't know they were lesbians. Okay, I'm, I, I live with a lesbian, and I'm 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 just I'm just uh, yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> How come nobody ever asks, "Are you okay?" When you're okay, I mean, you know, you got blood trickling down your head. And they say, "Are you okay?" And the only the only answer that's allowed is, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm sure I'm fine." No, I hit my head. I'm hurting. Leave me alone. Sing. Single-handed lover. You didn't like the joke on the other side. You had to hold up the one that was, was crossed out. Thank you very much. Sing, <laughs> a single-handed lover. Yes, that would be on the internet. Um, body art. Why do people get committed to a tattoo when they won't get committed to a person? You can divorce a person, but the tattoo, that tattoo of a bumblebee in 50 years is a pterodactyl. <laughs> Guard, yeah, I, a lot of people get jobs as security guards once they are retire. I got a job as an insecurity guard. <laughs> it didn't work out very well. I was, at the, I was at the supermarket and this person said to me, will you walk me to my car so I feel safe? And I said, no, but I can help you to feel safe walking by yourself. <laughs> I got on the airline and I said, uh, are, I see you're white knuckling. Would you like to share? Would you like to talk about it? We went through some turbulence. Anybody want to speak up? Old people do the four-letter word. V-O-T-E. <laughs> and if young people voted, there'd be marijuana in the... Well, there is marijuana in yeah. the streets. <laughs> promising young men. Are you a promising young man? I tell my daughter, don't bring me any more promising young men. You know, I promise I won't go to jail again. I promise I'll get a job. I promise I won't hit her again. I promise I won't steal from her. I don't like those promising young men. No, younger women. I like younger women. I have a thing for younger women because there's no other kind. <laughs> NPR. How many of you listen to NPR? You don't have to, everybody knows you listen to NPR because you know everything and everything you know is important and you're right about everything. So, you know, how do you masturbate without an erection? Do you know? Do you know? Yeah. Any of you guys know how to masturbate without an erection? You know. Yeah, women, <laughs> women do it all the time. You'd be amazed, the guys, blank look on their face. Masturbate without an erection, how's that? Fava, liver, vote. I don't know why that one's still in there. Would you tear that one up? <laughs> Bad sex talk. After sex, do not say, I guess you tried your best. <laughs> My ex-wife used to say that felt pretty good, actually. Don't say that! There's a good tampon brands. You go into the average store, and there are as many cigarette brands as there are tampon brands. As far as I know, there's only one kind of mouth. <laughs> clit. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. She said, clit? Did you know there's clit in there? Yes, I know there's clit in there. The thing is, you get to choose the joke. You're the one that wants to joke about the clitoris. You guys, do you know where the clitoris is? Because if you don't, I can help you find it. The woman's body is a treasure map. And the clitoris is the treasure, and she's your guide. 
and just let her help you find it. Now, do you know what you do with it when you find it? I can teach you, but you'll have to supply your own woman. <laughs> Parenthood planned. I had babies in my 30s, you know? And there's nothing like wanting to get pregnant to take the fun out of fucking. <laughs> you know, I'm ovulating, wake up! It's not sexy! The baby's asleep, you want to? We do it now! It's not sexy! Don't, puppy cock. <laughs> just, just out of curiosity, what's on the other side? <laughs> horny, okay. Horny puppy cock. I don't get horny, I get nostalgic. <laughs> soap believe it or not guys soap is an aphrodisiac they, nobody really likes to suck a dirty dick have you ever been told you were the best somebody ever had yeah, absolutely anybody here ever told you were the best somebody had yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it in writing later in life you'll need it to convince somebody that you're I wish I had I wish I had sworn testimony on video. I'd go to the clubs and say, "You want some good sex? Look, here's <laughs> this person telling me good shit. Why do people say I have some good shit? I mean, where do they keep it? The only time I have good shit is when my hemorrhoids aren't acting up. Aww. I can help you out. Now I haven't had sex in a long time. This century. And some people have a hard time believing that. I was telling this one delectable young woman, I mean, she was great. I mean, she was, I was watering at the mouth and she was saying, oh, she's so sympathetic that I hadn't had sex. And she said, maybe I can help you get laid. And I you know, I was ready for her next idea. She said, why don't you try being gay? Thank you for your patience. You ever get that on the telephone? They say, thank you for your patience. Will you hold a little longer? Thank you for your patience. Let, here's a selection of music. And I, I wasn't patient. They come and say, thank you. I wasn't one bit patient. I just didn't know what else to do. You Anyway, I've learned patience. Ex-wife. I don't talk about my ex-wife in my comedy act because I don't want to elevate her to, the, to be like an X-Men, you know, a superhero. But it is true that she could cut me in half with a look. She could make me invisible. She could make it rain on me. But I don't talk about her. Belt off. I went through, I went, you got all the good ones. Yeah. I went through security at the airport and they, they, say, they make you take your shoes off and then they say, make you take your belt off. And he's coming, he said, belt off. And then he come around, I'm holding up my pants like this and he says, jacket off. I'm past pull date. The lousy lay. It doesn't do any good to scold her. Really. They don't improve. You do it. Fuck better. Fuck better. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The next president will be gay. It's true. Donald Trump blows. I like my women like I like my computers. Fast, cheap, bright, and on my lap. Do you believe in life after death? I don't care about life after death. I want to have some life before death. <laughs> death threats. Yes, I'm way ahead of Trump. He's, I've had two today already. I'll bet he hasn't had any in person. Aisle seat. The way you get the aisle seat on the airline is you ask for the barf bag. <laughs> vasectomy. I went to get a vasectomy and they laughed at me. They said, Paul, what are the chances of you ever being with a fertile woman? <laughs> 
And they said, baby steps, you have to have an erection, you know. I feel good. Do you feel good? Yeah. Join me. I feel good. Like I knew that I would. I feel nice. Like sugar and spice. So good. So nice. So good. So nice. Because we're at mutiny. Yeah. Quit. I am not going to quit comedy. I'm 69 years old. That's a joke in itself. I made it here this far. I am not going to quit comedy until I get on the Johnny Carson show. I look like Bernie. No hair, no foreskin, no chance of being president. <laughs> don't blame me. Anyone want to go into business with me making don't blame me stickers? Don't blame me. I voted for Bernie. Yeah. Bisexual, who isn't? Who here is bisexual? Yeah, who's, <laughs> who's bisexual and didn't want to admit it? No, the truth is you all are on the spectrum of bisexual. It's just a lot of you have developed very strong brand loyalty. <laughs> feisty, she says to me, don't call me feisty. That's, that's sexist. Would you call a man feisty? And I say, no, I'd call a man a bitch. The F word, she says to me, I'm living with my former boyfriend. I said, how can you live with your former boyfriend? That doesn't make sense. And then I realized she couldn't say the F word. The new F word is fiance. <laughs> Fake orgasm is impossible. Really, on a blowjob. Okay, <laughs> gay if, guys are always asking me, would I be gay if I got that exam with the doctor with the slippery finger. And I said, well, the question is, did you like it? Trump tattoo. Yeah, let's give him, I voted for Trump. Tattoo it right across like inglorious bastards so that they can be spit on when the society goes to hell. And Forget that. Leave the young girls alone. My daughter tells me to leave the young women alone. You, you very young. And, and, she says, and I say, I'm thinking of how beautiful their mothers must be. Do you have a beautiful mother? Yeah, are you interested in her beautiful mother? Interested in both of them? No, you, you dirty guy. Anyway, and so I say, can I date the grandmothers? So I go on the internet to meet the grandmothers and all I get back are money shots. You know, pictures of women who look like Ulysses S. Grant, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington. Money shots. Hey, nipples. Anybody here like nipples? Let's hear it for nipples. I don't need a joke for that one. Hey, listen, I, you can now turn in the cards. You can return your chairs and tables to the upright and locked position. That's the, the flight is now over. I've learned at my age. I'm sorry I couldn't get to every one of you, but I have learned at my age. You can't always finish, but you can stop. All right, we're all still awake. This is great. We are. Is everybody ready for their headliner? Yeah. Yes. She is the oldest on the bill, uh, but she's also like the one of the. I mean, she's one of the major comedians here in San Francisco Bay Area, and I would say anywhere really. You're rad. Just came back from Orville. She's really. She's traveling though, and she's here tonight, which is amazing. So uh, everybody, clap wildly for your head, headliner, Sandra Rizzar. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's the end of the show and we're all still alive. (laughs) Now, she didn't denounce my age. I mean, I feel discriminated against. So I'll have to tell you, I am 76, but I don't think of myself as old. I'm used. (laughs) I am like a dilapidated hotel. My facade is crumbling, my plumbing is shot, and we have both had a lot of men spend the night. (laughs) I had a physical last week. The doctor said I was healthy as a horse in a glue factory. (laughs) Now, those who don't know me, you will notice my hands shake. I have what the doctors call essential tremors. Of course, the only thing I find them essential for is making margaritas when the blender's broken. (laughs) And keeping my husband happy. (laughs) Oh, he gives me caffeine before we go to bed. (laughs) Ladies, if you had hands like mine, you'd save a lot of money on batteries. Which brings me to the point, I don't understand young women today. Your use of vibrators. Oh, back in my day, we used a different device. We called it a man. (laughs) By the time I was 25, I thought I knew everything there was to know about getting screwed. Then I went to work for Bank of America. Now, at my age, it's difficult to get a young, hard-bodied man to kiss me. So I go to the swimming pool and pretend I'm drowning. (laughs) I've discovered why they call diapers for kids, loves and huggies. Diapers for adults depends. Oh, when a kid poops his pants, everybody still loves him and hugs him. When an adult does it, It depends (laughs) on who's in their will. (laughs) Now, I don't think any of you would be here if you weren't somewhat fond of California's legalization of marijuana. Well, I have all you young people a notice for y'all. You're not the first generations to smoke weed. It's people from my generation, like Jimi Hendrix, Lenny Bruce, Janis Joplin. They made it cool to do drugs. Oh, there's wannabes today. Lindsay Lohan, Charlie Sheen. But they're never going to be cool. And I'll tell you why. They didn't die. (laughs) Now, I began smoking weed in 1962. B.C. (laughs) That's before crank. (laughs) And the truth is, you should thank my generation. Because it's my generation that made weed acceptable to the masses. 
It's my generation that gave you free love. And it's my generation that gave you herpes. Hey, love is not free. I don't like strangers knowing my business. But by now, I kind of think of you all as friends. So I'm going to tell you a secret. When I talk about sex, I use the word shopping. When I was young, I used to go shopping all the time. Oh, sometimes I went shopping two, three times a day. I was a regular shopaholic. I went shopping with friends. It's safe, it's comfortable. You've been to the store before, you know the merchandise is clean. I went shopping with coworkers. That could lead to lawsuits at the office. Sometimes I even went to bars and went shopping with strangers. Bad idea, you never know what you're gonna get. You may get somebody who shops too fast or somebody who shops too rough and damages the merchandise. And sometimes you get someone who can't even find the door to the store. <laughs> I understand you young people. Sometimes you stay home, shop alone using the internet. I had to do it the old fashioned way with magazines and catalogs. Now that I'm older, truth is I would rather shop alone. I know what I'm looking for, and I know exactly where to find it. <laughs> but I'm married, so sometimes I have to take my husband shopping. Yeah, he usually finishes before I do. And I'm sure you all know when some man finishes shopping, there is no keeping him in the store. So he goes home. I still have to finish shopping alone. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> oh, if you're a school teacher, never go shopping with your students. <laughs> you know, a few weeks ago, I found out that I am a relic of the past. Yeah, like eight-track tapes, cars without seat belts unprotected sex with random strangers. Oh, come on. If you have never gotten wasted, gone home with somebody you didn't know for a night of passion, you have missed out on a lot <laughs> of really bad shopping. I said I found out I was irrelevant or well irrelevant too and a relic from the past because I saw these young people looking at me when I was out goofing off with friends my age and I realized that they were thinking how can you be laughing and having fun don't you know you're gonna die soon <laughs> oh yeah I wanted to say, hey, that's why we're laughing and having fun. We're not gonna have to put up with the millennials much longer. 
oh, I like to call them the wine generation. Because they're always complaining about something, protesting something, marching about something. And I finally found out why. Millennials are the first generation that is doing less shopping than their parents. fact, millennials are doing less shopping than any generation in the past 60 years. Yeah, they shouldn't call them millennials. They should call them the mad masturbators. <laughs> Somebody mentioned they're carrying water bottles. You did. Why? They could stay hydrated like I used to. Drink whiskey. I mean, water bottles, they are so hard to open. That the hard, to that, water bottles are harder to open than a virgin's legs. And if God wanted us to drink water, why did he put fish in it? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, I like young people. If it weren't for them, us seniors wouldn't have anybody to bitch about. And besides that, they're a very good source of replacement organs. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I don't often do this one, but because there's been all the weed talk tonight, I gotta tell you about my summer of love. You all having a summer of love? Well, I really didn't either. I had a year of debauchery. I was living in Texas at the time. Every weekend, a group of us went up to this ranch to work. And by work, I mean get wasted. Well, the truth is, back in those days, all the people close to my age know it was work to get wasted. First off, living in Texas, just buying the stuff was not easy. I mean, it did grow beside the road, but that's another story. But once you had it, you had to lay it out on a flat surface, separate all the sticks and twigs and seeds from the smokable part. Then you had to roll joints. We didn't have pipes or anything. You had to be careful not to stick your fingernails through the paper. Then, of course, it really sanitary, you know, to make sure they're nice and wet and rolled tight. And then you had to smoke them. And I'm talking by then five, 10, 15 joints a person. And you got a little buzz on. We didn't have that two-hit shit anymore. <laughs> the stuff Lauren was talking about, you inhale. By the time you exhale, you're already flying. So by now, it's Saturday morning. So of course, what did we do? We went to the old swimming hole. If you swam up to the far side of it and you looked down, you could see the dead cow staring back up at you. <laughs> Oh, if you were high enough and stared long enough, he'd wink. <laughs> In the evening, we had these little mini rodeos. 
And I learned something very, very important at those rodeos. Never ride a bull stoned. Oh, you can do a lot of things stoned. Eat mass quantities. Contemplate your belly for months at a time. But you can't ride a bull. In fact, riding a bull stoned is harder than getting a man to tell the truth when he says he's only going to put in the tip. (laughs) Few of you have done it. Well, come 4th of July weekend, we decided to load up the horses. We motored on down to the Austin City Speedway for the Willie Nelson Country Rock Festival. (laughs) Oh, I was in my 30s then. I thought I'd seen everything. But the first thing I saw was a man naked walking a dog, and he was painted red on one side and blue on the other. And the dog, just the opposite, blue and red. And I think they were both sweaty because they had purple balls. (laughs) Now, we slept outside with the horses because 12 of us could not fit in the Winnebago made for six. We hosed down with the horses. This is just to set the scene for later. Times were different back then, though. Very different. Nobody asked, is this GMO free? Uh, Is it free range? Uh, Does it have uh, gluten in it? No. Pesticides, growth hormones. So if somebody passed us something that was food, We'd take a bite and we'd just pass it on. We didn't worry about germs. If they gave us something that was liquid, we'd take a drink. Sometimes we'd wipe off the top with our dirty hand and take a drink and pass it on. And of course, there was fire in the end. We took a hit. And eventually we passed it on. (laughs) Now I happened to be backstage when the great Willie Nelson himself was getting up to sing. He was an amazing man. He's the only person I know that when he was 28 looked 84. Well, when the last note of the last song on the last night was played, my friends took me to the Austin airport so I could fly back to Sioux City, Iowa to visit my parents. I cleaned up best I could in the ladies' room using paper towels to wash the two peas, the pits and the privates. But when I got home, my parents did not want to claim me. My hair was like a bird's nest. There were sticks and twigs. Rubbed my hand in it. Chicken flew out and I got an ache. (laughs) I smelled like a sweaty horse that had been smoking weed for four days. 
And my clothes were stained with dirt and food. I had semen on both arms. <laughs> oh, at least you didn't go, oh, that's good. Because, see, really, at the Austin airport, I met these two sailors, an ensign and a seal, and I brought them home with me. Oh, yeah. I kind of like the ensign better because the seal just would not quit talking. The whole flight, he was going, Do you like all those awful puns I just threw in there at the end? <laughs> do you like bad puns? I'll, I'll do another one. Because <laughs> Halloween is just over. Uh, I am addicted to candy corn. Uh, oh, don't laugh. I've eaten candy corn every day of my life for at least the past 10 or 15 years. I have over 20 pounds of it stashed around the house. When I say I am addicted to it, I am addicted to it. And not just any candy corn. The Rolls Royce Lamborghini of candy corn, Brock's. Not too sweet, not too hard, doesn't cause tooth decay. Every kernel lovingly made by goblins and packaged by witches. <laughs> I dream of a meal of candy corn chowder, candy corn chips with spicy candy corn salsa, candy corn pones, candy corn niblets, candy corn bread, candy corn on the cob, candy corn sticks, candy corn popped, and pizza. <laughs> I don't just like candy corn, I love it. I sniff it, I lick it, I rub it on my body. I'm into candy cornography. <laughs> Is that a horrible pun or a horrible pun? <laughs> oh, I tell you, I remember the first time my husband and I went shopping. Oh, afterwards, we turned to each other and almost in unison said those three magic words. What's your name? <laughs> when I first started going out seven nights a week doing comedy, my mother warned me that if I didn't stay home to cook dinner for my husband, he'd find a woman who would. I'm still waiting. <laughs> and she better clean the house. <laughs> of course, now that we've been married for actually 27 years. What? Wow. I, but it's not very much for my age. But we don't go shopping anymore in groups. 
of more than 10. <laughs> and that's because the only thing he ever wants is old people shopping. Ow, ow, take your teeth out. Least I don't have to worry about him having an affair. I swapped his Viagra with blue M&Ms. <laughs> yeah, now he melts in my mouth, not in my hands. <laughs> oh, is my time about up? You've done, you've no, I don't want to keep these people too long. I'll just tell you two quickies then. One semi-quick, one quick. Um, I like men. I just think men are like pets, but harder to train. <laughs> With both, you have to be firm and consistent, and if they do something right, give them a treat. <laughs> Otherwise, if he cleans the house, Take him shopping. <laughs> if he lets one rip under the covers, stick his nose in it and whack him with a newspaper. <laughs> we women, on the other hand, are like iPhones. We're expensive, we're hard to figure out, and if you don't press the right button, you can't turn us on. I say this to getting older. Hey, old age, you can take my looks. You can take my memories. But you can't take my virginity. <laughs> Sandra Risser, everyone, so much for being here tonight. This has been super, super fun. Uh, we saw Erie Diamond, Matthew Quirk, Griffin Daly, Lauren Kraut, Paul Sanford, and Sandra Risser tonight, all approaching 80 at different speeds. Um, thanks so much to David in the back, Zenzu running the ones and twos, and Spiegelman for having the door. All right, everybody have a great night. Yay!
Spotty to death in order to grow even more massive. Spotty was a skinny Bronte of uncertain lineage. Big Spike thought Spotty was germinated from a seed brought to the northwestern quadrant by human saboteurs, or worse yet, washed ashore by a deep oceanic current. Spotty inhabited just a few square yards on the edge of the orange ocean, and Big Spike was determined to squeeze him out. When I complained to Dr. Lopez, she brought up the usual arguments against intervening in alien biological progression. Dr. Lopez didn't like Spotty. She didn't like anything weak except tea. She and Big Spike are two of a kind. They like strong, healthy organisms who outcompete weaker ones. Spotty had no chance against them. We all knew it. Spotty was barely alive, and Big Spike couldn't have been more pleased. I arrived to complete my mission, already suited up in my stickleback gear. I didn't really want to talk to Big Spike, so I hadn't turned on my communication headset. I stood in front of his enormous, mottled brown bud, waiting for it to open. Nothing. I reached out and massaged the brilliant green seam of Big Spike's budding pod, mimicking the motion of the extinct monkey bird, licking at the sap. More sap oozed out, but nothing else happened. No flowering. I scowled and turned on the headset. Far so inferior. Even a crippled monkey bird on his last limb could do a better job at arousing me than you could. I'd be better served by importing one of those earth animals. What are they called? Elephants, I think. I'd be better served by importing an elephant and simply training it to ram its head in my bud. Look, Big Spike, do you want to pollinate thick root or not? I asked. Oh, you're finally listening to me. That's a relief. I would feel so violated being entered without any conversation at all. Oh, come on, like you had any meaningful chats with all those monkey birds, I said. Open up. It's not a voluntary thing, pollen boy. It's a response to pleasure. Come off it. I know you can control it, I said. Oh, did your pathetic little friend Spotty tell you that? Well, he'd just say anything to get a little inner chamber action, wouldn't he? Come on, Oliver, you know what I like. Right at the base of my bud. I shuddered, but crouched down and reached under the bud into the sticky and reeking sap beneath it. I rubbed hard on the slick, cold base and was rewarded with the gushing extrusion of stinking green sap. I had to jump back to avoid Big Spike's bud opening up like a flight hanger door. The five petals folded out, revealing a scalloped dais of variegated red and orange petals. The center of the bloom was a dark, deep, twisting invagination. The smell was unbelievable, fragrant, fruity, like the most exotic and intense wine ever imagined. When monkey birds had been alive, they'd flocked to each blooming, crowding each other out for a chance to drink of the nectar inside. Now it was just me in my stickle suit. I strapped on my backpack, ignited my headlamp, and started crawling through. Yeah, I bet you like the smell of that, Big Spike said as I wriggled through the slick, turgid folds. After about fifty feet, I came to the gymnasium-like space of the pollen chamber. A field of sticky, hairy stamens waved between me and the nectar spouts at the far side. As I stumbled through them, I heard the bud closing behind me. It wouldn't be open again until tomorrow morning, when a genuine involuntary reaction, the sunrise, triggered the bloom. 
In the meantime, I had ten hours to drink nectar and hang around inside this asshole I despised. So, I got another loop on your friend, Big Spike said. Won't be long now. I frowned. Big Spike was looping his own, stronger roots around Spotty's and cinching them off, depriving Spotty of nutrients and water. Why do you have to do that? I suddenly asked. Well, it's my prerogative as the dominant life form to do whatever pleases me, said Big Spike. We were fortunate to have humans come along. It brought some order to our society. How do you mean? I sat down next to a nectar conduit, stroking it briefly until it started to leak sugary sap. The stuff was mildly hallucinogenic, and so I took it in measured doses to soften the wearing edge of Big Spike's personality. Random breeding, fertilization by stupid beasts, those were not effective ways to make sure our society flourished. Take the example of Thick Root. She's a fine old matron, about to seed for the last time. The young one who grows up through her corpse will have every advantage, easily following along her root lines to twine with mine in the great healing web beneath. Shouldn't you call it the great pruning noose beneath? A place of love, a place of battle. The world beneath is mysterious and strange, fearful and intoxicating. It is almost my world now. My roots stretch on for miles. I rolled my eyes. I didn't want to listen to Big Spike rhapsodizing about his encompassing roots anymore. He really loved talking about his roots. So, you like the fact that breeding isn't left up to chance anymore? Why should it be? I don't know, genetic diversity or something? I said, shrugging. You probably don't care about that. No, I don't. I care only that my roots touch those of my own lineage. No strangers, all family. All comfortable, all safe. So, are you ready for it? I asked. I got out the initiation buzzer. Already? Big Spike asked. We hardly talked at all. If you don't want it... I buzzed the initiator a couple of times. I do, Big Spike said. Hit me. I rammed the buzzer into the area above the sap nozzle. Because of Big Spike's many pollinations, the flesh was scarred and it took a couple of times to trigger the pollen release. Finally, an engulfing blast shot out from the string of pores lining the chamber. As usual, I didn't struggle against it. I just sucked it in. It hit me like a wave of THC kicking in after a huge hit of pot. I grinned, chuckled a little bit, scooped up a handful of nectar and casually licked it off my fingers. Big Spike kept talking, but somehow I couldn't pay attention to him anymore. I had to spend the night here, so I just lay down, leaning against the thick, grassy stamens, and snoozed while Big Spike went on and on. In the morning, I emerged, looking like I'd been the victim of a baby powder factory explosion. As soon as I heard the creak of Big Spike's blossom opening, I rushed out, not wanting to get caught inside. Having released its pollen, the male blossom was already showing signs of decay. Doubtless, Big Spike had a female blossom hidden somewhere high in his canopy. He had never been pollinated, though. He didn't want to waste any of his energy producing seeds while he was still a young and virile plant. He preferred decrepit old plants make seeds for him. Big Spike was just that kind of grove. 
I got out of the blossom and into my pollen retention coveralls, a clear plastic footed jumpsuit that went over the stickle suit to preserve as much pollen as possible while en route to Thick Root. And don't forget to give Thick Root my very best, Big Spike said. I took off the headset without answering him. As I made my way down to the land crawler, I passed Spotty. He was looking worse than ever, sickly and dilapidated. His roots protruded, exposed at the edge of the cliff. He'd clearly been trying to move them away from Big Spike, but found nothing but open air. Nevertheless, Spotty still produced a blossom at colossal metabolic expense. I put the headset back on and tuned it to Spotty's frequency. He was already greeting me. Oliver, hello, Oliver, Spotty said. It was his custom to simply repeat a greeting word over and over until I got a headset on. Hi, Spotty, I said. That's a nice male bud you have. You're just saying that, Spotty said. You should reabsorb it, though, I chided. You don't have enough resources to lose. I know, but I'm going to die anyway. I just wanted to make a flower once. It was fun. Spotty's bud trembled slightly. I was hoping you'd come by so I could show you. I stood there, looking at Spotty's sealed bud, thinking about how really unfair life was to Spotty, to the Bora monkey bird, the sockeye salmon, and the rest of the outcompeted organisms of the universe. Spotty, I said, do you want to bloom? Bloom? Spotty sounded nervous. I've never bloomed. But do you want to? Uh, Sure. Wait right here. I raced back to the land crawler, pulling off the pollen-laden stickle suit as I went, suddenly repulsed by the notion of ferrying Big Spike's genetic material around the continent. I sprayed off the remaining pollen and put on the spare suit. I really didn't know if I'd be able to make it into Spotty's pollen chamber, but I had to at least try. I returned with the initiator. Since Spotty had no visual sense, he didn't know I'd changed. I buzzed the initiator once, near the ground. What was that? It's a tool that stimulates the vibrations made by a crooning monkey bird. I'll use it inside the chamber to trigger a pollen release. You're going into my chamber? Spotty sounded a little surprised and shy. If I can fit in there, I will. I knelt down. Now first I reach down here to the bait nectar near the base of your blossom. The moment my hand touched the sensitive nub, Spotty's blossom sprang open. The scent was less sweet than Big Spike's, but thick with perfume. The petals were beautiful, violets with white and yellow spots. I told Spotty this. I'm glad you like it. Spotty sounded embarrassed. Is it big enough? I eyed the chute leading down into the pollen chamber. It would be a squeeze, and once I was inside, there would be barely enough room to turn around, but I could make it. Absolutely, I said. May I? Sure, Spotty said. Make yourself comfortable. I pulled myself down the chute and slid in a half crouch into the pollen chamber. Compared to Big Spike's, Spotty's chamber was almost womb-like. Only three pollen pores studded the wall. I couldn't even lift the initiator, there was no space. So I buzzed it near the wall and was rewarded with a massive spray of sticky pollen, instantly intoxicating in its potency. Is it okay? Spotty asked. I spent a couple of moments finding my tongue and then trying to remember what to do with it. Spotty started to worry. Is it bad? Did it get in your eyes? 
Barante didn't have eyes, but once I had explained that mine couldn't grow back if damaged, Spotty worried constantly about the vulnerability of mine. My eyes are okay, I mumbled. Colors leapt wildly up around my head. I smelled the sweet, unmistakable, delicious secretion of nectar. I admit, I degenerated a little at this point and started just licking it off the wall. I skated the edge of incoherence and ecstatic delirium. Is the nectar okay? Spotty asked. It's fantastic, I mumbled, my face sticky with the stuff. The best I've ever tasted. Wow, Spotty said. That says a lot. It does. I fell back, too intoxicated to move much more, floating in and out of a nectar haze. I remember Spotty talking to me all night, but I can't remember at all what he said. I wish I could now. In the morning, when Spotty's bud opened up, I crawled out and said goodbye. Thanks a lot, Spotty said, sheepishly. I really appreciate it. You make it sound like it was all just pity, I said. Well, Spotty trailed off. Hey, I did it because I wanted to, I said. And your nectar was the best I've ever had. I mean it. You should bottle it up and make a fortune. I don't even have a headache. You mean it? I do, I said. to really notice who I was, let alone speak with me. She seemed to think I was a monkey bird. I delivered Spotty's pollen and left. By the time I got back to Spotty, he was too dehydrated to speak and lost consciousness a week later. It took him six weeks to die of thirst, strangled out of his water supply by Big Spike. Thick root collapsed a few weeks after that into a decaying heap of fungus and insect-ridden deadwood. But in her inner chamber, she made a seed that has already taken root. I watch it closely. Someday, Big Spike may find out what I did, and if that day comes, I'll return to the capricious affectations of some felon named Helmet. But in the meantime, I'll be watering that little sapling. Well, that was our story. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, they run this kind of stuff all the time in Space Squid, folks. It's no surprise that Matthew Bay is co-editor over there as well as Drabblecast. Check them out at spacesquid.com. So, to recap the big question raised in this story, what have the lush, wild power of Bora taught us about our own human nature? That the rich love talking about their roots? All family? All comfortable and safe? No strangers? That it's the prerogative of the dominant life form to do whatever it pleases. That monkey birds should wear flip-flops in the shower more often. And maybe it's also that competition is a natural, necessary, meaningful, and inevitable thing. And maybe also that sometimes it's not. The world beneath is fearful and intoxicating. A place of love and a place of battle. Welcome to Wall Street, right? Hell, welcome to capitalism and free market economies. The great pruning noose. Depends on who you ask. The largest organisms on the planet can't seem to ever be satisfied. Look at Oprah. 
If you happen to have your headsets on this week, you might have heard cheers and joyous applause from the wealthiest two-tenths of one percent of the people in the United States, who just found out they don't have to pay a state tax when they croak, giving the young ones that grow inside their corpses every advantage in having their root lines twine with the great healing web underneath, and then also giving them a couple mil on top of 